2: the beginning God and what did God do God spoke and when God spoke what did he do he created light and what did light do light extinguished the darkness it separated the darkness
1: welcome to the Barnabas effect with Paul Purvis senior pastor of Mission Hill Church a multicultural multi-generational multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit MissionHill.org. That's MissionHill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis.
2: Now, a Jewish reader listening to this would have immediately gone back to another time in the history where God pitched a tent. You know when that was? As they were traveling through the wilderness... God resided where? In the tabernacle. And so the presence of God was with his people, literally in a tent that was pitched before them. So when John would say this word, the living word became flesh and pitched a tent, he desires to hang out with you. He became visible. I often think, wouldn't it have been amazing? to have walked and talked on this earth when Jesus walked and talked on this earth. I often think that, but I'm quickly drawn back to the reality that that would scare me to death because I would hope that I would be one of the ones that would believe he was who he said he was and trust that he did what he said he would do. Jesus became visible, but he also became vulnerable. That word flesh reminds us that everything we experience, Jesus can relate to. Did anybody get tired this week? Let me see your hands. Jesus can relate to that. Did anybody cry this week? Let me see your hands. I'm in that crowd. Jesus can relate to that. Did anybody have something really exciting? You got really happy at some point this week. I had that too. Jesus can relate to that i 'm listening to myself, I think i 'm a roller coaster aren 't I? And guess what my, my Jesus can relate to that. Remember he gave us everything that we have that 's good, and he created all that is, so these emotions we experience He not only created them, he experienced them in the flesh almost every christmas for twenty years i've 've shared the story of the farmer who became kind of jaded in his faith, and he chose to isolate himself from others and lived out his days far away from people without their hassles and the involvement in daily life. But he had a a never-forgotten experience on a cold winter night that changed his life. And you probably heard this story, but it was first told, I think, by Paul Harvey He said, one raw winter night, the man heard an irregular thumping against the kitchen storm door. And he went to the window and he watched as tiny, shivering sparrows, attracted to the evident warmth inside, beat in vain against the glass. Touched, the farmer bundled up and he trudged through the fresh snow to open the barn for the struggling birds. He turned on the lights, tossed some hay in a corner and sprinkled a trail of saltine crackers to direct them to the barn. But the sparrows, which had scattered in all directions when he emerged from the house, still hid in the darkness, afraid of him. He tried various tactics. He circled behind the birds to drive them toward the barns, tossing cracker crumbs in the air toward them. He retreated to the house to see if they had fluttered into the barn in their own. Nothing worked. He He, he was a huge alien creature. He had terrified them. The birds could not understand that he actually desired to help. He withdrew to his house, and he watched the doomed sparrows through a window. And as he stared, a thought hit him like lightning from a clear blue sky. If only I could become a bird, one of them, just for a moment. Then I wouldn't frighten them so. I could show them the way to warmth and safety. And at the same moment, another thought dawned on him. He grasped the whole principle of the incarnation. A man becoming a bird is nothing compared to our God becoming a man. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Let me ask you a question. If if Jesus did this to communicate to us, What is Jesus trying to say to you today? Are you open to hearing his voice? Just as our spoken words reveal our invisible thoughts, so the Word of God reveals our invisible God into our lives. When we receive him, he communicates in truth and in grace. What does he say? Well, we've already talked about some of the things that he says to us just by going through his names. For example, he speaks wisdom and guidance to us. How? As the wonderful counselor. He speaks strength and power to us. How? As our mighty God. He speaks unconditional love to us. In what way? He is our everlasting father. And he gives us calming assurance. How does he do that? He's the prince of peace. He wants us to know that he's with us. He never leaves us or forsake us. How do I know that? Because he's our Emmanuel. The greatest thing God communicates to us is salvation. And I can't wait next week to really unpack that as we remember that he is Jesus. Jesus who saves his people from their sins. We use words to communicate what we're thinking and the word communicates what God is thinking to us. So let me just ask you again. This is a big question today. What is God saying to you today? Do you have ears to hear? What is God trying to communicate to you today? If I were just to give you some bonus truths, I would say there's at least three things every day God wants you to know. He wants you to know that Jesus is your strength for every day. When you wake up tomorrow morning and you're not sure if you can, you can go through it, know this, Jesus is your strength for every day. Now, why would I say that? Because my Bible says that my God can give me the strength to do all things Through Christ Jesus. Jesus is my strength for every day. But I would give you a second thing. Every day I think he's trying to say. Jesus is my secret. To an effective life. You say, hey, as I prepare to start a new year, I want things to be better. I want to make more of a difference. I I want to have an effective life. Well, Jesus, I really believe is the key. Why would I say this? John 10, 10 says, there is a thief and the thief's desire is to steal and to kill and destroy. So he will steal your dreams. He will kill all those hopes that you have and he'll destroy any possibility you have of making impact in an effective life. But then Jesus said, but I've come to give you life. And to make it abundant. I think Jesus would say, hey, I'm I'm the secret to your effective life. But the third thing I think Jesus wants you to remember every day is that Jesus is the source of your eternal life. The truth is, just like that father in the story, all of us want a little bit of eternity this Christmas, don't we? The Bible says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. All of us crave for a better place. All you have to do is turn on the news or open the newspaper or walk outside and you see this world is a mess. And when we do that, we say, oh God, give me a little piece of heaven. And Jesus is our reminder that he's the source of that forever life. So when you get to that place of discouragement or depression or, or where you think that this world is just not worth living, Just say, God, help me to see more Jesus. John teaches us, though, that not everyone will do that. Not everyone will experience the light that illuminates their life just by his presence. Not everyone will respond and receive God's intended communication. Listen to what it says in verse 9. God's saying, hey, there is a dividing line in history. Those who receive the communication, those who are listening, those who hear what God is trying to say and those who don't, those who do will be illuminated and they will experience invigorating life. Those who reject will walk away. They will miss out on God's intended best for their life. Oh, friend, I want you to know that that's that's not what God desires for you. He wants to call you his child. He wants to adopt you into his family. That's his will. That's not simply the will of a pastor. That's not something you could think up on your own. That's what God decided to communicate to you, and he did whatever it took to make that clear, even if it was as absurd as God becoming flesh as a visible, vulnerable baby. Well, that first point is simple. God and Jesus does everything necessary to communicate the gospel of truth and grace. But the second point really is also simple. Because of Jesus, we must do everything necessary to communicate the gospel of truth and grace. Doesn't that make sense? If you've studied scripture at all, you know that this name we bear, Christians, those who are like Christ, the little Christ, those followers of Jesus were first called this, the Bible tells us in Antioch, and it stuck and so then we've been called that, not because of a family we're born into, not because we raise our hand in some service or, or pray some prayer with a preacher. We are called that because our lives reflect the one that we serve. We are little Christs in our world. And so if we are supposed to be like the word, then, then we must be effective at communicating the gospel of grace and truth. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We continue with our message. Scripture says that this journey of faith that we have is not something that can be taken lightly. It is something that we should be prepared to give up our life for. And if, according to Jesus, the one whose birth we celebrate, if we're not willing to do that, to leave mother and father, to cast brother and sister aside, if that's not the call of our faith, then it's really not genuine, at least as depicted in the holy book, our Bible. And yet in our society, man, it's become such a cultural thing, so much so that, that we really do think if we tune in occasionally online and, and catch somebody preaching something, that, man, we're good. We, we think if we tell our kids about how faithful we used to be in church or tell them stories of our faith of years gone by, that they're going to be fine. It simply doesn't work that way. We're living in a day in which the line of faith is becoming clearly marked. And one of those markings is that true Christ followers represent the word. We do what Jesus came to do. We communicate truth and grace. Now, I know that was kind of hard some of that's hard to hear because some of you are in love. I need you to know you're, you're battling that. Life's gotten busy and, and this passion for your faith that perhaps you once have, you don't have today. You, you look a little more like the world than you do like the word. And, and so I want to give you some tools to help you. How can I live this out in my daily life? What does it look like to do everything necessary to communicate the gospel of truth? Let me give you this first thing. It's investing, invest time that's necessary to communicate the gospel of truth and grace. That's a good reminder for all of us as we head into this Christmas season that those we know the best and love the most, the most wonderful thing we could give to them is our time. It's your most precious commodity. So when it comes to communicating truth and grace, I would just ask you, do a quick overview of your time and ask, how much of my time is being used to reflect the word? How, how much of my time is being used for me to be the word in my little corner of the world? And if that's not much, I'm just saying, if you want to reflect Christ, if that's really what you're about, not a cultural or nominal representation, if you want to reflect the word, then invest time. Maybe that's just building a relationship. And we've got people different from us all around us. Maybe it's just you going up to people and not telling them what you believe, but getting to know them and asking what they believe. Asking simple questions about, man, if you were describing your relationship with God, would you describe yourself as close to God or far away from God? What do you believe about God? What's important to you spiritually to celebrate at Christmas? Just ask questions. That's what Jesus did. Just invest your time. Spend some time helping us. I I sometimes let my eyes get ahead of my stomach when I sit down at the table. Do you ever do that? Particularly where where I grew up, there's a lot of buffets. We went home for Thanksgiving and I got buffeted to death. Man, and every time I'd go through, I'd say, that looks good and that looks good and that looks good. Next time I, I got a plate that looks like Pikes Peak. My eyes are bigger than my stomach and sometimes I do that as a leader. I commit to things that, that maybe I shouldn't do and sometimes even do that in a way that affects you and, and I think I may have done that. <laughs> so I need your help. We said as a church that we wanted to jump on board and be a part of this grand vision that's really going across our country. It's called Saturate. But here in Tampa Bay, it was this strategy of getting out between a half million and a million copies of the Jesus film along with just some invitations to church. And I thought, well, good grief, that sounds like something our church believes in. So we'll take 50,000. That's a lot. And it's it's a lot more when we have a lot of rainy days like we've had. So I just need your help. I I really need some of you. If you're receiving this, if you're saying, I, I don't wanna just be known as nominal. I don't wanna just be known as cultural. I wanna give you a simple way you can invest some time and it's not hard. Well, what we're doing is we're just picking up maps and we're going into neighborhoods and, and we're not even knocking on doors. We're just walking up to the doors and we're taking this little bag. And you know what it's got in it? It's got the Jesus film. It's got a, a track that presents the gospel. It's got an invitation to Christmas Eve and a little note from me. And we're just putting it on doors. That's, that's legal to do unless it says no soliciting. And we don't want you to go to places that say no soliciting. So that's legal to do and you just go on. And we have those in packs of 50 and the maps are of about 100. You would you would really encourage us and I think you would take a step toward faithfulness if when you left today you would just go next door to our family life center and say give me at least a hundred of those and then some of you are saying I haven't had that in my home uh, in, in my neighborhood can I can I take it there and here's where we are yes if you haven't gotten one yes we we want you to take at least 50 and go put them out in your neighborhood but invest time invest your time and doing what it takes to communicate the gospel of truth and grace. Let me give you a second thing. Learn to interact with those in your little corner of the world and talk about the gospel of truth and grace. I mentioned this a moment ago, but but you've got to interact. You've got to build relationships. You've got to know what's going on in their world and what they care about. If you're going to tell them what you care about, The Sunday after Thanksgiving, I told you a simple way you could do that. We have these bracelets available to you. And in our resource room, we even have these packets. And these little packets have two copies of this bracelet and a little card that's going to tell you what I'm about to tell you. It's what we partnered with when we did Revive Florida in our community. And what I told you is you could use this bracelet just as a tool. And you could walk up to people and say, hey, is there anything going on in your life this Christmas season that I can pray for you about? I'm just telling you, 98% of people. By the way, did you know that 76% of statistics are made up on the spot? All right, so 98% of people, 98% of people will respond if you say, is there anything going on in your life I can pray for you about? And then just take a moment and pray for them right then. And then if they are receptive, if you discern they're open to talk and say, hey, take off that bracelet, give that to them as a reminder of your time of prayer and then simply say this, can I take two minutes and just walk you through what the colors on this bracelet mean. And it just walks you through five verses. And the verses are on here and they're on that little card. Here are the verses. We're all sinners, Romans 3.23. The payment of sin is death, Romans 6.23. But God demonstrated his love. And even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. By grace are you saved through faith. It is, it's not of your works. It's the gift of God, Ephesians two eight nine. 9. And then if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved, Romans 9 and 10. And we've given you a tool in a practical way. You can just interact with others and share. You might have a better way. Some of you, I met a guy on the plane. He said, man, for 40 years, I've been giving out tracts. He said, that's how I share my faith. I said, keep doing it. Some people are impacted by that. You might have a way that you like to do that, but learn to interact with others. And then finally, invite others to hear the communication of the gospel of truth and grace. I think this is the easiest thing. We've even made this more easy for you. We've got invitations. We usually do this every message series we have. We've got invitations just to our Sunday services you can pick up as you leave today. And then we've got these invitation to our Christmas Eve services. They're great tools. If you go out to lunch today, you can leave a very generous tip Don't just leave this, that's embarrassing. But leave a very generous tip and then leave one of these invite cards. Go around your neighbors, bake cookies if they're not allergic and hand them out in your neighborhood and put these little cards in them. There's all kinds of ways just to say, hey, I wanna invite you. People are more receptive to respond to your invitation to church at this time of year than any other time of year. Extend that invitation and be faithful. Let me remind you of our two points. It was simple, right? God in Jesus does everything necessary to communicate the gospel of truth and grace. But because of Jesus, we must do everything necessary to communicate the gospel of truth and grace. This whole message of Christmas is about communicating. God communicating to us through Jesus and us because of Jesus communicating to others. Are you listening to what God is saying to you today in and through the person of Jesus Christ? Are you listening? Are you listening?